Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of Another Happy Pod is sponsored by Silence. Silence. Just shut the fuck up. sweets at me through. It wasn't a sweet, it was a Werther's original because I'm an old man. Uh, do you actually eat that? Yeah, you're not like a Werther's. No, no one likes a Werther's apart from, as you said, old men. Everyone loves a Werther's. How can you not no, like a Werther's? No one loves a Werther's. That is There's a nothing fact, better than just suckling on a Werther's after a long day. And being at death's door because you must be 94 years old. Hey, Lawrence. I think that, I think that, shut the fuck up, I think that in honour of the movie that we're talking about this week. We're not doing the whole episode in whispers. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Because, Nathan, it sounds like creepy ASMR and no one's going to listen to it. I think the people will love it. Is there a reason you went hard like British there? I think the people will love it, I do. Listen, mate, I'll just read the people will fucking love it, all right? Intro the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome back to another Happy Pod, the show where we talk about pop culture and try to keep things just a little bit fresh, positive and optimistic. We don't always succeed, but we do make sure we have a good time doing it. My name's Nathan, and as always, I'm joined by the star editor of Caravan of Garbage, a new addition to the Mystery Sunday Movies team, Lawrence Thomas Heisey. Oh, there we go. There it is. I thought it was going to be too good to be true and Nathan was going to be nice, uh, but it turns out he had to throw a little shade on me. But thank you. That was nicer than the normal just slur of insults that you call me. Um, Nathan, you're I don't know if you're aware. welcome. I don't know if you're aware, but I don't know if anyone else is aware as well, because I probably cut it out. But that took me seven fucking takes to do the intro. So... <laughs> There we what are. I like instead instead of you cutting it, so you so what you've gone for in your head is you've assumed that you've cut it out. So what you've done is now you're going to have to go cut it out, and then make special effort to reference it again when you could just not cut it out, and then life would be. Was, it was like it was like a whole minute of me just stumbling and trying to do the intro. I'm not leaving that in. You'll do it if you're if you're a cool dude. You'll do it, and if you've got I'm to this point cool and you dude. haven't heard seven intros, you'll know that Nathan is not a cool dude. I can tell you now I'm not a cool dude because it's not staying in. (laughs) Well, there we go. Um, Nathan, uh, we are going to be talking about uh, A Quiet Place, number two, Electric Boogaloo. Um, I had a haircut. You did? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? It's getting harder and harder every week to keep you engaged. You're like a child with a new toy. Nathan, uh, we're going to be talking about, you know, you know, on our podcast, we'll be talking about films, movie, TV and whatever. We're going to be talking about this movie. <laughs> I had a haircut, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I well just done. think I just think it's nice to start off the episode with just a little bit of friendly conversation. and You're always wanting to just rush right in. Typical man, but you get your pants down and get on with it. Me, I like to take my time. Let us know if you've had a haircut in the comments. Um, <laughs> but no, I can't. Look, all right, if we're going to do it this way, I want to confirm that I can see Nathan's face currently. He's had a nice haircut. He looks lovely. He's even had a little beard spruce up. Was that good, Nathan? The hot towel? Yeah, actually, it really was. It was like a fucking full-on hot towel shave with, like, the cutthroat razors and everything. It was it was very, very pampering. I felt very relaxed afterwards. Did you feel? Did you feel like James Bond? No. Well, you shouldn't, because he's got a nicer beard than you. Well, he doesn't have a beard. That's what he's always shaving. He doesn't have a beard, yeah. He's never got a beard, apart from that one time he did in um, Die Another Day. Did he have a beard in Die Another Day? At the beginning he did, because he was captured by North Korea, and then he spent like six months in a prison Uh, while Madonna played. I guess you could say he shaved another day. Anyway, uh, so... (laughs) (laughs) 
Do you know what else is good? Being an official part of the Mr. Sunday team. Congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. It's 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 been lovely. Um he he tweeted out, the big man himself tweeted out a welcome mm. tweet. Uh, and I subsequently turned off my Twitter notifications five minutes after the event. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as as amazing and lovely as it was, uh, it, it, my phone was was getting hot. It's so just I, in. I, Lawrence Heisey does not give a fuck about his fans. Um, no, it's right. not true. They're not my. They're not my fans, are they? I know, I'm yeah, never that, one's, be... that one's a yeah. stretch. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be egotistical to think that my small contribution to the content is responsible for any success well, someone else would probably do it better the movies are back we went to the cinema this week oh i went to the cinema this week nathan it returned i went there i went by myself because zucchini doesn't like horror movies um and i wouldn't even I call this really a horror you i also wouldn't call it a horror movie yeah i went with my dad had a jolly good time but- um, I had that pre-cinema anxiety where I was like, oh, people are going to be noisy. I don't want to deal with that. There's just going to be people who are annoying. But great experience from start to finish. It was very quiet. Purposefully went for an early screening. It was 10.45 in the morning. Uh, so it was basically me, my dad, and like two other people. So it was really chill. Great experience. Yeah, I had a good time as well. I think I am... Um... I went for an eight o'clock screening myself and it was, uh, I had that same thing. I was worried that people were going to be noisy, but I had my very own Shusha in the, um, in the, in the audience with me. So her, this, this couple came along, uh, and, uh, her, her partner, uh, was, was kind of going, you know, what were these monsters? Blah, blah, blah. And at one point she went, shh. And then, (laughs) and cause it came from her partner. Everyone else in the cinema heard the shush. So we all knew that if she was shushing her partner, we were all to be shtum the entire time. Uh, and that yeah. was great. So, yeah, no, it was... Um, if I, mate, fucking... This is the way to see this film. I'm so oh, glad they waited yeah. to release this. Yeah, because this was done. This was... They had the premiere and everything. This was this was ready to go, like, last March. And it was, like, a few days out from release. And then the event happened... Uh, and a year and a half almost later, here we are. Um, the event is still ongoing, kind of. Um, yeah. But movies are back, and it was a it was a jolly good time. It was a, a great way to see it. Support cinemas, gang, if you can safely. Please go to the cinemas because we, we don't want to. Li- these are these are the films <clears throat> that the cinemas are like kind of there for. Like I don't mind yeah. watching some fucking dumb thing on the TV. I genuinely don't care about a lot of it. But there's movies like, for example, we even spoke about it on the the Kong versus uh, Godzilla versus Kong episode. That film to see that in the cinema would have been such a more enjoyable experience. Not that I didn't enjoy it, but some I films are made. I in think the it's cinema. Play, I think it's playing in the cinema. I think it's playing in the cinema. That film at the moment. Maybe have to go and give so. it a little look. I haven't. I didn't know they were in. They might be doing. I I can see that happening. I can see them re-releasing a lot of films in the cinema just for a fan basis. Yeah, yeah, which I would be, I'd be quite on board with because there are some, some uh, decent movies which, which really would benefit from the big screen. Like I said, Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong, whichever way around it is, being one yeah. of them. Um, but yeah, so the cinema is back. We're both happy boys, but we're also quiet, quiet, quiet boys, Lawrence. We are. We're very quiet. We have to be quiet because the aliens or something will hear us, but only sometimes because it's a little vague. Yeah, the nondescript monsters that are either aliens or mutations of things will hear us and they'll come down and it'll be very, very vague as to how they arrive, but we won't touch on it. It'll also be very vague as to how their hearing works because sometimes they can hear like a pin drop, but other times... They can't hear you running through a concrete floor warehouse. So, like, how does it work? But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Right, I'm going to end this this whispering <laughs> business. Um, <laughs> did you like it overall, the film? I did. I did. Yeah, it was. It was really good. It was. It was probably the perfect choice to go back to the cinema with. Um, I said this on our tonight episode because before this, the last time I went to the cinema, 
uh, was to see Tanet in last August. Um, <laughs> terrible choice for the first movie to go back to the cinema because <laughs> I did not have a good time at all. Um, but this was like the complete opposite of that experience. It was so much fun. Um, yeah, because despite, despite everyone I've... being quiet in this, you could make out what the dialogue actually was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> surprising, amazing. Um, no, but yeah, but it was a, a really good experience, and I did like the film. But the only thing is, I probably should have rewatched the first movie beforehand because for some of this, I was like, "What the fuck is happening now? I really can't remember some stuff." Um, but it all it all clicked into place. It wasn't a detriment or anything like that. But but yeah, it was good. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. What um, what stuff did you need refreshing on? Because this this picked up pretty straight off, but there's one of the things oh, it about this. It picked this up film, like immediately. Yeah, this film that there's, I, I, uh, I can't remember who it was I spoke to, but they said like, I saw someone afterwards, and they said no, don't spoil it, no spoilers. Um, and I was kind of like, this film doesn't really have spoilers. <laughs> like, if it, I think it does. No, no, but I think it's more of the it's like as in like about the world itself. Like there's no, there's the same stuff applies. You still can't do much talking. Um, it's it's kind of different. It's kind of the exact same movie in a way. It's it's kind of in terms of storyline and what happens. It's it's kind of very similar, um, with just a few little tweaks here and there. But the, the tweaks they have made are, are quite interesting. Some of them I was a little apprehensive about. Um, because when I saw that Killian Murphy was in this movie, I thought, oh, is he just going to replace Jim? I, I, don't really, I don't really want that. I really didn't Jim. want, like... Jim. Oh, yeah, John Krasin, Jim. <laughs> I didn't even realise. Is he going to replace uh, Jim from The Office? <laughs> Star of A Quiet Place? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to call him Jim. <laughs> yeah, I'm I sure thought, he worked I really he hard on two two very expertly directed horror movies to still look, be known as referred to as Jim. Look, John Krasinski can work as hard as he wants. He can take on as many different roles. He can be Jack Ryan and Jack Reacher and all of those cunts, all right? But he is always gonna be known as Jim, no matter what he does. Okay. He's it, you know, just always Jack gonna be his most famous role. You know, you know Tom Cruise is Jack Reacher, right? They both are. John Krasinski is not Jack Reacher. He's Jack Reacher or Jack Ryan. He's one of them. Which one is it? Is is someone Ryan from Amazon? But Jack Reacher is Tom Cruise. Oh, they're this. They're basically the same fucking bloke. What is it, man? Who cares? <laughs> oh, they're both yeah, they're like both, vague both... action blokes. Like, who fucking cares? Yeah. Anyway, Jim from the Office. Yeah, I thought. Killian Murphy was in this solely to replace him. I thought he was going to get with Emily Blunt somehow. Thankfully, the story does not go without them pretty much separate for the entire movie, uh, which I was quite thankful for. Yeah, I so I wrote down one of my notes is that I was really, really... I, again, I was apprehensive. I thought, when I first saw that he was in this movie, I thought, well, you know, spoiler alert, John Krasinski died at the end of it, of the first one. And yeah. then I thought that when he started writing it, he's gone, fuck... I need a main bloke. Not that Emily Blunt can't sell the movie, but it, it needs it's a family movie about a family dynamic. It'd be good for Emily Blunt's character to have someone to play off that wasn't the kids. Um, so I think that, uh, well, I did think that he wrote in just this new character to take the role. But, but he's a, a different bloke entirely. And I think it's a, such a different and nice dynamic because in the first one, you can kind of guess where he's going to end up because you know if his kids are in trouble, which they end up getting in trouble, he's going to sacrifice himself to save them because he's his dad. He's their dad and he loves them. However, in this, I don't know what this guy's going to do. <laughs> like this guy, he seems to be very much out for himself or out to prove something to himself. And I think he doesn't, I don't know. He's unpredictable. He is unpredictable. I did like that they opened the movie with a, uh, a, a, for lack of a better word, a prequel, a flashback scene um, of like day one of of this invasion or whatever the fuck it is. Um, and it showed you them being friends, but clearly like none of that was done before the first movie. None of that was planned. I was just, it's just the classic thing of, oh, we have this new character. Let's quickly write in a flashback and put him in it. So they've always yeah. been good mates. Uh, that was quite fun <laughs> to see. I, I did like... Well, it seemed like it. They seemed friendly enough. He mentioned, like, Jim talked to him about his brother at the airbase, so they seemed 
quite friendly. I, Emily Blunt I was. Think it was um, more a, I, I think it was more a, a small two small town dads who know each other. Yeah, I mean that's that's what that's like your dad doesn't have any friends. Everyone knows that dads don't have mates. All right, <laughs> I mean <laughs> fucking John Mulaney has the joke that your dad doesn't have friends, your mum has friends, and they have husbands, which is very very true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's very, very true. Everyone knows yeah. that. So clearly, that's that's what a friend is to this guy. So he's he's just another guy in the town. He's just another dad. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but he, um, yeah, the, I I think the prequel or the the the, the flashback served more of a purpose than just to be like this guy was all oh, a friend of the yeah. family. Yeah, a hundred percent. It was to provide a little bit of context. Uh, to where this all came from and for Jim himself to get a little cameo in, which was great. I actually really enjoyed that opening sequence. It made me realise that I would not have lived past fucking day one of this. Like, I would have been the first to go in this invasion. Like, just straight up, I'm gone. Do you think? Do you think people kind oh. of... If you're, if you're quiet enough, you, you, you're all right, I guess. But how long does it take you to realise that, though? Because we know the rules. We saw the first movie. If we're in that, we don't know the rules. Yeah. I'd be screaming, I'd be running about, I'd be fucking breathing heavily. They'd, they'd have me in a second. I'd be gone. That's true. You you breathe very heavily. That is true. <laughs> be, they would... Oh, God, yeah. And we'd have to we'd have to stop the podcast and everything. What would, <laughs> what would we do? Oh, no. <laughs> I just realised this is a world of our podcasters. The absolute tragedy. No! Um, yeah so it picked up straight away uh, where the last film left off Um, did you think it was a smart decision to leave the the farm which has a lot of safe spaces still left unburnt Uh, or did you think it was uh, basically when they started setting out I went where are you going (laughs) yeah it was was kind of a dumb decision but then again this family they're fucking dumb why did they have a kid? What? Why? <laughs> yeah. If you know the rules of this universe, if you know the fucking they can hear anything, then why would you, why would you even have sex? Just stay the fuck away from each other. That's what I say. Well, but yeah, that would be some very awkward, quiet sex, anyway. Would it? <laughs> really um, would. <laughs> Do you th- do you think I one thing I was kind of apprehensive about, um, and I should have rewatched this because I don't actually know, and I could be chatting utter shit. Um, it, I suppose in this, pr- did Emily was there any reference to Emily Blunt's character being pregnant by the time this had already like no 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 like, started or? no so no because um, I I thought that too, but then I but then I realized like the first one is set like more than a year like after the the. Day one, it's like day four hundred and something, isn't it? So obviously she wasn't pregnant oh. beforehand. Yeah, because okay. that's a newborn baby. She has the baby like at the end of the movie. So yeah, obviously well, that's, that's... she got pregnant. Yeah, because because they go to the town, don't they? They go to the town, and that's when their first kid dies, the the yeah. little boy, and then after that she gets pregnant, which is yeah. a terrible decision. But fair play to her. Yeah, kind of you you. Because, yeah, look, the immediate threat is that childbirth is often inconvenient, like, in terms of in and this loud. world. You're going to, yeah, you're going to, you're going to probably do a few screams, right? But then you've yeah. got an undisclosed amount of time before you can turn around to your child and go, shut up, this is how we survive before, and that's <laughs> years before they can grasp that. <laughs> they, they do, they do have a good solution for that very problem, though, which is very weird, but also very necessary, I guess. The little uh, baby drug box. You put the little baby in the box, you drug it, and it goes to sleep. So, I, I feel really <laughs> uncomfortable with that. I, I do too. I, Every time they put that little I, mask on the baby, I just get such a weird, uncomfortable feeling. Well, there's, there's two ways. There's two ways to look at this. One. The human race, in their eyes, has to live on, right? Yeah. I, I can I can see that because at this point, right? It, no, but unless people are having more babies, there's a there's what like a hundred years before everyone on planet Earth is pretty much maxed out and dead, um, and that's that's quite a scary thought. So if you if you're approaching that from that angle, you might be doing the dutiful thing. But to bring a baby into the world 
to put it in a box, an airtight box, with drugs that are not readily available, and you may never find, again, she just gets very lucky in this movie that she just happens to run across, uh, run across uh, kind of oxygen canisters. Yeah. Right. It's not really a life, is it? <laughs> like, let's be honest. Hell. That got dark. <laughs> I wasn't well, expecting no, but, that. But, no, but why would you... Like, look. I'm all for your kids. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> but... Do you not think it's a bit like one? It's irresponsible on the kids she does have. Yes, yeah, but come on, she's also a, a new mother. She's not just gonna forget about a newborn baby. Is she <laughs> like, it's just no, no. She's obviously but, gonna no, but that, protect. No, but it, she's obviously gonna protect her kid and do everything she can. I think what you're saying about like the so-called duty to continue the human race. Oh, fuck that. Who cares? Who the fuck cares? Like, if I'm in an apocalyptic scenario, my thought is not about the future generations. My thought is about surviving. Like, if we all die out, then f who cares? Like, who... Literally, what happens? The world just stops. Big Wob. All right? <laughs> like, I'm but dead, so why do I care about them? Oh, who, well, fuck it. They've already won. <laughs> <laughs> They've already won. <laughs> Um, yes. One, yeah. I, I, let's let's go into more about that because um, there's there's <clears> one <throat> member of this family who I think is the dumbest of 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 the dumb family, right? The, the, boy? the girl is the girl is very smart. The boy is a moron. The boy is a moron. The girl is pretty much the main character of this movie, which which I kind of enjoyed. And, th and that's that's something that John Krasinski had very intentionally as well. Like he his. Uh, he he said in interviews and stuff his main role was to kind of if he was leaving he wanted to transition uh, transition her into being the main kind of protagonist of the story and she's good she's she's phenomenal she's like, really good yeah. considering i don't know if she's i know she was quite young when the first one came out and obviously it's been you know a couple of years since then i don't know how old she is but she's very talented um very talented um what do you think what do you, what do you, there's some dumb choices in this movie made by some, some kids. One, one, ma namely the boy. Um, what do you think about him? <laughs> what, what, what dumb choices? Talk me through them. She was born, um, she was born in 2003. So that makes her, uh, 18, I think. Yeah. 18. Yeah. Around that. Oh, well, very, considering she probably shot this when she was like 17 as well, or like 16. Well, probably about 15 because it was. Was pushed back a year, so. Oh, that's that's even true. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. So the um the choices, right? I know that this kid, this kid's in a, he's in a, a hellish nightmare landscape of a world. Right. Life isn't good. Everyone knows that. Everyone on Earth is living the same kind of miserable life silently. So why is it when this kid gets fucking a little injury? And I understand it's more than a little injury. I know he a gets little injury. Off. Come on, yeah, but, like, but he he screams for like straight up five minutes, and like you... at one point, could you not? Right? Could you not just fucking grab a bag and be like at least scream into this? But he is open mouth going ah for the entire world to hear. All right, number one, where are they grabbing a bag from? They've got bags. They all yeah. carrying bags. All right, fair enough. Uh, but all right, yeah. But have you ever had like a fucking bear trap cut through your foot? No, exactly. No, so, so <laughs> you can't just say don't scream because that's just not how it works. It's a human instinct no. when you suffer an injury that intense to scream. It's a natural instinct. You just physically cannot help it. So. <laughs> It's, oh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm going to cut your leg off, right? And we'll, and we'll see how you react. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see if you can all stay right, quiet. All right. all right. Another dumb choice. Um, if you've got the, the capacity in high level stress scenarios to think time to get to safety, maybe mm. make your safe room as safe as it can be, right? Maybe don't forget to put the towel up before you go into like the vault that is airtight sealed. And maybe if you're going to forget stuff like that and you're going to be that careless, don't bring the newborn in with a very limited supply of oxygen. <laughs> like... All right. You, 
Right, I thought you was going to have good points. These are all very dumb on your behalf, I think. Because number one, the what? baby was the baby was already in there. All right, the baby was already in the chamber thing. I think. And number two, right? He's not got time to fucking think about a towel. He's got that big fucking angel thing, whatever they're called, chasing after him. Do you really think he's got time to worry if a towel's there or not? He's just got to slam the door shut. If you've got that coming after you, are you really going to take the time to look at a towel and see if it's there? I think I would if I weighed up two options. And I understand he's not doing a lot of critical thinking at the time. (laughs) He's not doing any. Put it in put it in this scenario. If he stays outside, he dies. If he goes in and forgets to put the towel down, he still dies. He's just you're, wearing, you're being you know, he's this, you're being very cinema sins right now. <laughs> you're very much <laughs> a fucking ding on the counter for you. You're being very oh, uh, no. this is a right. plot well, hole. Look, okay, well look, look, look. Uh, ultimately I I actually really enjoyed this film. There are there are moments to it that made me go, eh. but you know, ultimately the film is is very good and it's masterfully directed um do you think it was better than the first one uh it's difficult to say because like i said i haven't seen the first one since we initially saw it at the cinema probably do a rewatch um i would say off the top of my head uh i'd say it's at least equal i think i'd say it's at least on par um I, I would probably enjoy the presence of Jim more than Killian Murphy, so that gets a leg up, I guess. Um, but I, I don't think it's worse. So I see. I think that Killian's character is a lot more compelling because he's got a lot of. I think. I think Jim, uh, Jim as a character, Lee as a character, as played by John Krasinski, um, he's kind of already done, like. like if he was still alive in this movie if somehow like the alien didn't get to him but everything still happened in the last movie and he was in this one just you know injured but not dead there's nothing left for him to do he's patched things up with his daughter his son uh, he's kind of given his fatherly wisdom to his son about you know like you gotta you know toughen up a little bit in this world to survive um and he's he's already got like a perfect relationship with his wife that's just you know they've they've been through tragedy together but they come out on top of it and to provide and look after their family he's he's done there's no more growing for him to do whereas Killian he's got a lot to prove to himself and he takes big risks in in kind of very unselfish motives at first he presents himself as kind of if I start caring about people I'm going to be in trouble and I'm gonna I'm gonna be putting myself at risk but very quickly he starts to realize I need to prove myself to be better than this which makes me think how has he spent the last you know year two years um and we even get a little hint um he's not i, I don't know the 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 reveal of his dead wife that he's kept the body of for 11 days that felt like a dramatic reveal but do you reckon they're setting anything up with that do you reckon he's not to be trusted or so before i get into that let me talk talk about some of your other points um, what, while I agree that John Krasinski or Jim uh, didn't necessarily need to be, didn't need to be in a in a full role in this movie. I like the role he does have, but he didn't need to be in the Killian Murphy role. While I agree with that, I, I wouldn't necessarily say he's he's done and there's nothing more he can do, just because I don't think anyone has ever done grow, and I think there's always room for more. Um, but that's just me. Um. In terms of Killian Murphy, he his character was really interesting and really compelling. Um, was it eleven days? I thought it was eleven weeks or eleven months. I thought it was longer than eleven days. Maybe I'm misremembering. I thought I thought it was eleven days, but I I mean I'm not going to be able to check because <laughs> that body so. looked that body that was pretty decrepit for days. I think it would be a little bit more fresh. It was definitely eleven, but I don't know if it was yeah. eleven weeks or 11 months but i don't know how it wouldn't have been 11 decompose 11 months that would have been dust by that point dust and skeleton um it was it was either weeks or days yeah i i'd say weeks because that body did look pretty fucking bad for 11 days but I, i don't know how quickly bodies decompose like i say i'm not a doctor um but yeah it was i i thought it was setting something up because when uh little 
little silly boy with a broken foot is wandering around the the warehouse type of thing. It, it, all of it does kind of have an air of like there's something going on here. There's something not quite right. There's something a little bit sinister with Killian Murphy. Um, and that's especially especially implied when you see the body of his wife. Maybe it is just the fact that he just can't bring himself to deal with it, that he's just left her there and put it out of his mind. That's probably the most likely thing. Uh, I did think that it was going to kind of go somewhere in this movie, because um, there do seem to be little things that were just set up and then never really come back to in this movie, that being one of them. Um, so... I did think there was going to be some sort of payoff to that, but maybe it will be in part three, which is clearly definitely going to happen. Um, but yeah, I think the most likely option for that is just is just something he couldn't bring himself to do, rather than something sinister. I thought that. That was my initial kind of reaction to it. And especially when they didn't tie it up, I thought, oh, it's clearly... You know, just something I'm supposed to, I I misinterpreted, and I thought it was supposed to be sad. But there is a hundred percent an air of there's something sinister happening in this place, and it the, that body was behind like layers of like medical sheets that had been hung up. I'd like to think that if his if his if his choice was to either go out and bury his wife, you know, with some dignity, that's going to be somewhat of a noisier task than staying underground. But if you're putting up fucking fabric sheets. That's still going to be pretty risky, and it's not. Mm. We've seen this 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 space he's got. Well, yes, you're allowed a little bit more leeway in terms of we can talk a little bit clearer down here. It's not soundproof and it's not stable. I think both burying his wife and staying down there and hanging up a shitload of medical sheets to kind of hide her and maybe mask the smell of a decomposing body. They both run the same risk. Uh, See, so I I kind I kind of got the impression that that was like a living space um like the little bunker bit is more like the emergency the the panic room if they come that's where you go and then that up there was a little bit more of a living space where they would spend day to day time so i in my head those sheets and everything like that was already up and that was where they spend like their time day to day uh maybe it is what you're saying maybe he has put that up after she died I don't know, maybe we'll find out in part three, but you are right, there is definitely an air of something sinister there, and it is definitely played like that in the movie. I, I just feel like it's more than likely going to be, you know, he, he just couldn't do it, because it's never brought up again. Like, even the kid, he doesn't say anything to, I mean, you don't really get much of him with Emily Blunt after that, but he doesn't really say anything to Emily Blunt at that point. Um, it seems it seems kind of weird that it wasn't brought up again, but well, considering yeah. Emily Blunt would have known his wife, like, yeah, they would have they would have known each other. Uh, one thing that I I kind of I kicked myself in the cinema for thinking it, but it does. The more I've thought about it, it does kind of hold a more uh, like it's more resonant. It makes more sense, and it's the best way I can kind of describe it. Um, there's a, there's a Joel and Ellie. Uh, Oh, I I picked up on this too. I I had this yeah. for like when they started like making their way to the boat. I was like, oh, this is very this is very the Last of Us. I'm quite enjoying this. Uh, yeah, I picked up on. I that. I I fucked with it. I made <laughs> I fucked with it massively. And then the one thing that I think was... slap that on the poster. Fucking <laughs> put that on the poster. <laughs> I fuck with it, Lawrence Heisey. <laughs> <laughs> um no but one one thing like another reason that i thought it was kind of similar to that is not just because of like the imagery of uh, a middle-aged man with a with a kind of a young girl um and a lot of trust put in the kind of parental figure kind of thing um it was more so when that guy got into trouble with this kind of faction or cult or or weird um it's only been two years your hair wouldn't have grown out that long you're already a creep <laughs> cult um it's not even been two years i don't think but exactly yeah um yeah these but you there's certain people that you can tell are just waiting for events like this, <laughs> so they can be fully weird <laughs> like yeah. they can really engage in their weirdness <laughs> um but yeah he 
he he knew exactly how to deal with them. He they had him in a fucked scenario. They had him chained up with jingly bells attached to him. Which in this world, you're like a bomb. You're like a walking bomb. You are. I first of all, that whole sequence was great. I, it was really interesting. Like as soon as earlier in the movie, when Killian Murphy mentioned like what other people had become, I was like, "Ooh, that's interesting." I clearly we're going to get to see more of that, so I'm looking forward to that. Um. Yeah, it, that whole sequence was great. The The way they strapped him up, while, yes, I agree, it is pretty intense and, like, you're a bum, I also think it's pretty stupid on their half because, like, if you make noise, yeah, the big thing is going to come and he's going to kill you. But, like, why would you care? Because, like, they've got you. They're just going to leave you here for dead anyway. So why not fucking take them with you and start making a shitload of noise like he did? Well, yeah, and it, and also it, they do it, they leave themselves wide open to just a very tactile man. Whilst I do think that he is, I hate the term plot armor because I feel like it's such a fucking it's such a. Uh, I make YouTube videos and I scream about things that most people like term, um, but it's the only way I can kind of describe it. Any normal man does that. You're dead. You're, you're yeah. fucking dead. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's it's true. Um, it's true. I've, plot armor is a thing, though. Like, yeah, the term is a bit shit, but it's definitely a thing. Like, think back to some of those like later Game of Thrones seasons and like fucking Braun going up against a dragon. There was definitely some fucking plot armor going on there. Y- yeah, <laughs> yeah. The 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 story knows that they're important, so it's like, right, well, they can't die, but yeah. another character will. Breathe, and the monster will hear it from a hundred miles away. Um, exactly. Yeah. I, I but like I, I say, I, I did like that whole that whole other people on the dock sequence. It was, it was really interesting. You're right. It is a little quick for them of descent to have descended into this maybe cannibal society, maybe not. Maybe they're just like, what were they after? Just their stuff, I guess. Just their uh, fucking tools, I, their gun. It, it was vague. It was very vague. Um, yeah, it was very vague. Yeah, it, it was. I think it was one of them. Like <clears throat> horror, sometimes horror movies work better unexplained, and this yeah. was definitely one of them. Where like, if you give that guy more than one line of dialogue, he's either going to be the most evil guy you've ever met because that's the smart thing to do in a screenwriting perspective, or he's just going to have absolutely nothing to him. <laughs> and he had, and he had nothing to him, which was fine. One one thing I do think they leveled up in this was the um, their use of horror tropes. I I like the first one. I found it very much uh, like it, I'm not going to shit on John Krasinski's directing because he is great and he's proven himself with this one that like he's he knows very much so what he's doing and I'll get into that again in a second. Um, but the in the first one, I think there was a lot of there's there's one moment that kind of sums it all up. There's a there's a cheap jump scare of like a, a fucking beaver or a raccoon or some some dumb thing falling <laughs> um, by a window, and it's it's very much one of those moments where I can guarantee a studio head has gone. You haven't had enough scares per ten minutes here, John. And he went right, <laughs> adding a little fucking a rat or some shit. Um, and it and it's very much like a cheap jump scare. There's actually none of them in this. Um, the jump scares that are in this are very earned. They all service the plot, uh, and and they were effective. I was jumping the fuck out of my seat at a lot of places in this. Yeah, there was no real fake jump scares, which I can't fucking stand. Like, there's, I think, uh, is it maybe Halloween, the most recent Halloween movie, Halloween 2018, um, and a lot of horror movies do this as well. There's just a jump scare where. It's it's just nothing. It's just like someone's walking down the street and then suddenly their neighbor just quickly pops their face into view and then there's that big fucking rush sound effect and then suddenly you'll jump. But like, why? If your neighbor says hello to you, you're not suddenly like, oh, oh my fuck. Like, it's, yeah, it's yeah, stupid. Yeah. It's very cheap. It's, it's just there to, yeah. to get a quick fucking reaction out of the audience. I hate it. Um... And thankfully, there's there's none of that in this movie. Every every jump scare, like there's a reason for it. There's purpose behind it. Um, it it actually has a payoff, which which is good. Yeah, no, I I agree. And I think um, to touch on what I said a second ago with the masterful directing, I think there is genuinely um, like there's 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 sequences in this film. 
the play out because there's a there's an a plot and a b plot but they kind of cut between each other there's not really an a or a b in terms of importance there's just two plots happening side by side uh, one of which is um uh the boy uh is is realizing he's kind of fucked he's made some noise uh, and and the the monsters are coming and the other one is um the uh the girl and killian murphy um are kind of dealing with one that's kind of got this to this island that they're on or this kind of what did you think of, of the island at first i was really confused at first i was really really fucking conf- one how far away is this island <laughs> like yeah. it seems to be not that far um two like i get that they can't swim but then i truly believe that this island once people suss that out this island would be stuffed to the brim with absolute animals like humans can still swim i i think that's that's why they have like the cryptic message though this which isn't that cryptic really if you think about it but the uh the somewhere beyond the sea song playing on the radio it's it's really not that cryptic it's pretty fucking clear <laughs> well Maybe not. If you hear it, I'd guess you wouldn't necessarily think to look for where the radio station is. But but yeah, I think that's why they have that as kind of like a a judge of character, I guess, or 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 something. Like we'll only take the best of the best, quote unquote, or whatever. Here, uh, I too was confused by the island. I thought like at first there would have been something more sinister going on there because it just seemed like too happy and too normal uh, in all yeah. of in all yeah. of this world. I thought it might have been like some kind of cult or something. Not only that, it was just a, a normal island of survivors, which which was quite good. Um but but yeah it's it's the monsters can't swim and that is that's also a little dumb, I guess, because they came from space. Why can't they yeah. swim? Um but <laughs> I don't know, I guess it works. Why not? Sure. Hey, like, look, it does. It does work. Firstly, this this episode gave me mad midsummer vibes. Like, movie. As in, uh, not episode. Um, movie. Like the that island specifically <laughs> gave me midsummer vibes. To I haven't team. seen midsummer. Like, well, you but you know that you've seen. I presume you've seen a trailer, right? The the aura of not everything is as it seems. Happiness is very much a lie, uh, and there's very much a, a creepy nature lurking behind a lot of these smiles um right that it gave me that massively um and one thing i think of right because yeah i understand the whole like we'll only take the best of the best kind of thing but then maybe build some fucking walls like because as you can see and as this movie shows us very well um they're they're completely unprepared oh they're very any unprepared. form of negativity yeah, yeah. They're, and they're, they're, they're very they are, unprepared and and that's that's like a thing that I don't get because humans can still right irrespective of monsters. What this movie tells us, the threats, you know, monsters aren't the only threat out there. Um, and there's the people that are out there are often not worth saving. That would imply there's a great deal of scumbags out there, and we've just seen a group of them before this scene. Yeah, I was I was confused about that because the the fucking the group of like people on the dock they were literally within shot of the island they could literally see it so you yeah. you have to assume that at some point they might have thought to to venture over there and then just kill everyone there like is that not happened yeah. i mean i guess not. i'm not going to give take points off a movie for stuff that hasn't happened completely hypotheticals like cinema sins would because i hate that cunt but there's these it does seem a little strange that the there's there's no plan there's no contingency there's there's nothing because as soon as uh the the alien the monster whatever it is shows up it's it's just chaos it's just everyone running different directions for themselves there's there's no plan there's there's nothing the only one who does have a plan Kind of is fucking uh, Digimon Honsu, who's who's really good in this as well. It's great in everything, and I'm really I'm really happy he's kind of getting these these roles pop up here and there. Um, yeah, but yeah, he's 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 brilliant. But the um, yeah, and the, the thing is, right, if you're going to show a group of scumbags that are within shot of a, an island where everyone's fucking dancing around the campfire singing, right? These people, these the the, the scumbags are well coordinated. Like they take yeah. down Killian Murphy, who is competent. 
um, like very competent at taking down people. Um, and um, and the and Millicent Simmons, the girl. Um, yeah, you'd think that they'd just get on a boat. No, yeah, you are right. Um, just quickly, one one thing I did love about the whole island sequence and. This is just purely a cinematography thing. As they go into the island and you see the lights on the tower, and then it kind of like fades to black, but the lights still stay there, and then it comes back up again, and the lights are still there, but like the shot has changed to a different position. That was really good. That was just a really, really good yeah. show. Good work, Jim. Yeah, what? Well, good work, Jim, indeed. Uh, but yeah, the thing that I was going to say about his directing, um, so there are, um, I think I've started to say this, but I don't think I finished the point. The uh, so there's there's multiple sequences in this the a the a plot the b plot, but they're both technically a plots. Um, they are there are moments where they're happening at the same time, and in the editing room they've cut backwards and forwards, and the main actions of the the main beats in the in the sequences almost parallel each other. Mm. Oh, like, the the ending is a complete parallel. Yeah. And it's and I fucking I don't know. There was just something about that ending sequence that I just went, "This is fucking masterfully handled." Like it was really well done. The whole parallel thing between them, the fact that it was on both sides, it was the kid on both sides as well. It's really interesting. Um, yeah, it it was really well done. I I especially before that, I really liked the stuff. Um, with Emily Blunt, where she just drops down the fucking can of gas and then just takes the shot at it as the fucking as the monster is like looking around for her, that was very cool. And it was also very cool to see it just walk out the fire, covered in flames. Um, all of that was great, but but yeah, it was was very good. Um, what are they gonna do when the hearing aid runs out of battery? I wondered how, like, how do hearing aids work? And I might be being ignorant here. I don't know if hearing aids, like, have a limited battery supply or if it's something that needs to be changed. Um, but I'd imagine it would, because, like, what what happens then? Well, I, I, I think it's I think it's a battery. Again, I might be being ignorant as well, but I think I'm going to Google it right now. Um, but uh, but then this is as this is your main weapon. This is as crucial as food, water, uh, and oxygen for your weird baby, uh, like drug box. Um, this is yeah. This is something that you should think about. Uh, so, like any technological device, hearing aids run on batteries. Traditionally, most hearing aids use tiny button batteries that the wearers have to change every few days to weeks. <laughs> so, that's not long. <laughs> Yeah, and she's already had like a no, year and a half no. out of use. So I, was, I don't know if like the maxing it out, pointing it at microphones is uh, is like more usage on the battery, or if that like damages the technology in any way. But even even then, with a year and a half out of use, she's got her money's worth out of this. <laughs> they need I to mean, be looking for a new battery. I mean, if that's easily fixable, I, I, who who really? That's just semantics. But if it is something that ne it doesn't need to be explained, but if it does, they could easily just say she's got a fucking big supply of batteries because she's deaf and she's prepared for that. Who cares, really? Um, the whole hearing aid thing, though, I kind of, I didn't necessarily see it as that's just on the mic now and that's just where it lives forever. I kind of took it as more kind of like a message is like this is this is the way to defeat them and now and now it's time for people to to fight back against these cunts and i and i kind of think that's where part three is going more of a an all-out fight between these uh between the survivors and and the uh the uh, the death angels is i think what they're called the official name for them but whatever are they so it's something angels. It's something weird with angels. I think. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. That's I, yeah. No, I've I've never heard them called that. That's weird. Um, Let me look at it. But yeah. Yeah. What What do you think is is coming um, in part three? So I don't know. Uh, character wise, I would definitely like to see more development uh, from Killian Murphy's character. Uh, I definitely like to see the boy um, kind of grow into more of a, a protective role. Uh, he at the minute plays the very like the scared child and at the ending definitely shows that he was like right fucking if i'm going out i'm going out like my dad did i'm going out with uh with you know some some kind of uh some bravery 
um which i fucking loved it was a great sequence um and the kid like i know i bashed him a little bit but they hit genuinely the actor that plays him is doing a phenomenal job everyone is um but yeah so the um i'd like to see more from him i'd like to see more from killian um i i don't know what i'd want to see from emily blunt i guess just keep doing what she's doing because she's great in this and she doesn't she do great. a lot but she is great no she doesn't really her role is quite quite small she really just essentially goes to the fucking killian murphy's warehouse and then goes to town and that's really it um it's it's great everything with her is great she just doesn't have a whole lot to do essentially but the stuff she does do is really interesting like i said that whole sequence where she she tries to take out the the monster is is really cool uh this movie kind of just ends yeah oh yeah it, it was very very abrupt i was like when it just came up with written and directed by john krasinski i was like oh uh, oh all right i guess that's yeah. it then because it was just like like literally it's like the parallel sequence of them defeating the monster and then boom that's all you get see you later i guess so that's the, that's the thing i I really like that, uh, and it's, it is the shock to the system, but that's because over time we've been trained by film tropes to expect a payoff, to expect a fade-out, to expect an emotional resonant ending where everything has been concluded. But if you're setting up sequels, which, let's be honest, John Krasinski's not shy about the fact he's setting up a fucking sequel with this, yeah, and he wasn't the last time definitely either. going to be a part three, yeah. Yeah, and if, and if you're continuing them on straight off where they left off... Don't give it to me. Like one thing I, I like the Harry Potter movies, but one thing I despise is that they that every year they have the shittest year imaginable, and then Dumbledore gives a speech <laughs> at the end, and they go, "Yeah, well we've had, we've had some fun times this year, boys," and it's and they try and make it happy in the last five minutes of the movie, and it sucks every time. Um, like Cedric, my friend Cedric, <laughs> mate. Literally, there is a scene where it's like it's like like. Cedric's dead, but it's it's very much Ron's like, oh, are we ever going to get a quiet year at Hogwarts? Your friend's dead. <laughs> <laughs> you did. He died. <laughs> now is not the time, Ron, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I like it. It's new and it's fresh and it's exciting. And he's definitely, he's doing what Jordan Peele did a good couple of years back and is continuing to do. He's shaking up the horror genre and adding some actual good content in there where a lot of the time it felt stale. Um, cool. And I, and I like that and I like what he's doing. Yeah. I also like that. Uh, I'm excited to see what comes next in a quiet place. Part three. Uh, I really need to pee. That wasn't me saying that. That was the joke, like electric boogaloo, but forget it. It's shit. Um, so now, uh, Lawrence, is this a big bloody watch? Or is it a big bloody skip? It's uh it's definitely a big bloody watch. Uh it's a good time. Uh watch the first one first, give that a big bloody watch, and then yeah. give this a big bloody watch. Um yeah. but yeah, definitely. Definitely check it out. It's a fucking you probably have already, but it's a sick movie. It's really good. One hundred percent agree. Give it a big old watch. <laughs> we have fun, don't we, Nathan? <laughs> we certainly do um now wrap this bitch up lauren ladies and gentlemen this has been another happy pod uh you can check us out at another happy pod on twitter and on instagram we post fun things mainly on twitter uh but sometimes we don't because sometimes we're busy and we've got lives and we don't get paid for it um you can give us a five-star review uh that is something that you can do all the way from your seat on your phone you don't even have to move in fact, you're probably on your phone or some device now, because otherwise you wouldn't be listening to this. So pull out that device and five-star us. And if you don't, I will come to your house and make loud noises, uh, provided you're in the universe of a quiet place, and then you'll die. And that's that. Um, yeah. Good time. Good bloody pod. Well done, Nathan. Another happy pod. Another happy pod.